Welcome to Three Little Things, a natural health podcast. We've created this space to help you positively navigate the world of holistic and natural well-being, where each week we will explore something new and dive into a diverse range of holistic health topics from all walks of life. As chiropractors, we are equally passionate about helping educate, share and empower you on your well-being journey. Created with you in mind, Three Little Things aims to bring you digestible topics and applicable tools and strategies to help you grow, thrive, and live well. So let's dive in. Welcome back to another episode of or on the Three Little Things podcast. My name is Sarah and I am joined with my co-host Lily. And we're back for another really wonderful episode. Something that I think is really quite important and a really cool episode that I'm excited to film, but is that link between food and mood. Um, and I think this is a is a topic that many people are sort of diving more into than in recent years. And I'm yeah really excited to have you back, Charity. So for those of you that um, have listened to our podcast from the beginning, you'll recognize Charity from season one. Um, and she delivered us a couple of episodes on Bub's First Food um, and Hacks for All Day Energy. So head back and listen to them if you haven't already. Um, but otherwise, we're going to hear from Charity today on the link between food and mood. So I guess, Charity, just in case our listeners haven't haven't listened to those previous episodes just give us a little bit of a recap on who you are and what you do yeah no worries first off thank you so much for having me back ladies it's an honor my name is charity king i'm the lead nutritionist and founder of freshwater nutrition located in the northern beaches of sydney where i work with families and individuals of all ages to help get them customize positive relationship with food as well as proper nutrition to support their overall well-being and health yeah very cool Well, I guess let's just dive in, right? What do you want to tell us today? All right. Well, today we're going to be talking all about the connection with food and mood and how to nourish not only our brain, but our second brain, which is our gut, which really is the center of our health. And I'm going to break it up into three different areas, three little things that you can take away today to support good mood with your food for you and maybe anyone you're looking after. So we're going to talk about healthy fats today having proteins and how that affects us, as well as the importance of fiber. So these are the three ones we're gonna focus on. So first off is the why. You know, why is good nutrition key for a healthy brain or healthy gut at any age? Uh, Well, pretty much to start with, the first thousand days of our brain development are really, really crucial. And food plays a very important role. And also our gut microbiome is really established during this time as well. And the way the brain develops during pregnancy and during the first two years of life is like scaffolding. They literally define how the brain will work the rest of a person's life. Our nerves grow and connect and covered with myelin, creating systems that decide how a child and eventually how an adult becomes, thinks, and feels. And these definitely are pretty much set in stone, but they can be benefited over time with proper nutrition. So while it's important those first thousand days, we can't change the way our brain begins, but we can influence its health throughout life with the care of our nutrition. Um, Also, our gut-brain axis, this may be something that you've heard a lot. What is that? Well, you know, if you ever had a gut feeling, butterflies in your stomach, nervousness when making a decision, that literally is feeling your gut and your brain talk to one another. It's emanating from your belly. They're connected. And this is the communication system between our gut and brain, the gut-brain axis. Uh, These two different organs are connected both physically and biochemically in a number of different ways, most notably from our vagus nerve, which I know we talked about on our Mm -hmm. podcast when we're talking about energy especially as well as with a balance of gut bacteria. Gut bacteria actually really influence our mood and our brain health, which is quite fascinating. We're just at the cusp of learning about this Mm. and putting into practice as nutritionists, as doctors, as uh, natural care facilitators. 
millions of nerves and neurons run between our gut and brain, and these chemicals, neurotransmitters, are produced that affect our brain. About 80 to 90% of our feel-good hormones for good mood are actually produced in the gut, like serotonin and dopamine, which is pretty cool. So we'll talk about, about brain development, gut-brain axis, and how this is good for mood regulation. So first of all, we talk about fats. Fats are important for mood, especially how our brain develops. Mm -hmm. So during those first thousand days, getting good quality omega-3s, um, particularly our DHA, is really important. It's the most abundant in the membranes of our brain, which is made mm -hmm. up of fats, and is very permeable. So during pregnancy and also while a child's developing, having high quality fats coming mostly from fish products or from supplementation is going to get you this DHA as also EPA, another omega-3 that's very important for mood regulation and heart health. Um, as well, certain foods like our hemp seeds, our chia seeds, flax seeds, walnuts are also high in plant-based omega-3s. Most of which are the EPAs. Mm. Just to um, make it really clear for our audience to kind of give them some little examples through the way, when you're, so if you're working with a, a mum who might be breastfeeding her brand new bub, you're really working with the mum to get these things into her diet on quite a regular basis, so like if we're just talking about fats for the moment. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And this is easily done by having three serves of fatty fish in a week. Yeah. Um, and if you're not having fish for allergy reasons or personal lifestyle reasons, this could be done with supplementation, whether it's algae-based or fish-based, yeah. uh, an oil-based one, yeah. you know, in order to make sure that she is supported, but also that bub is bub. supported development. And it's simple yeah. as that, three serves in the week makes yeah. it really, really easy. Cool. Um, yeah, and it's also shown that you know, countries who consume diets rich in these fats would be Mediterranean and Japanese diets, and these are the folks that live the longest and have the slowest rate of cognitive decline. Mm. So it sets them up for success over time, but also keeps the brain healthy throughout age as well. Mm. So fats are very, very important as a foundation for a healthy brain, for a healthy gut, which then influences our mood. Yeah. Um, fats are also shown to slow the breakdown of serotonin and dopamine, happy hormones in our body, so that we feel better for longer as well. Yeah. So not And this stuff mm -hmm. is applicable to, you know, each of us as well, as mm -hmm. well as that foundation for Bub, right? Yes. So, yeah, some of the things you're talking about, you know, you and I could implement them in mm -hmm. our day to day to have the same effect. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. So adults of any age, whether you're pregnant, breastfeeding, or just living your best life as mm -hmm. is, those three serves of fish or daily supplementation have huge, huge benefits yeah. to support your body and your brain. Awesome. Mm -hmm. And then just jumping in quickly here to this um, a concept of genes and epigenes. Mm -hmm. Yes. So some people feel doomed by their genes, you know, because mm -hmm. they go, oh, so and so had diabetes or depression or heart, mm -hmm. you know, conditions. But now there's such a lot of research regarding epigenes, mm -hmm. and food is um, a big part you know, mm. of that, isn't it? Whether you turn those genes on or off. Yes. So, yeah. Absolutely. Great place to start. Mm. Mm -hmm. Fantastic. So fat's super important for that foundation. And then the next to really facilitate happy feel-good hormones is going to be our proteins. So proteins are our body's building blocks. They're also made of amino acids, which are the building blocks of proteins, and also our hormones like those neurotransmitters, dopamine, serotonin, gamma, which make us feel really good. And ensuring that you're having protein with nearly every meal is one way to ensure that you're constantly creating happy feel-good hormones in mm. your gut and rebuilding those connections in our brain as well. It's yep. also really good for blood sugar maintenance so that you're not getting those highs of lows of energy, which can affect our mood as well. Um, and it's also said, you know, if you're getting all your building blocks, you're getting complete proteins, whether from animal sources or complete vegan vegetarian proteins like soy products, edamame, or even um, pairing grains and legumes or grains and seeds, they specifically have been shown off to ward off depression overall too. 
Um, some of the best proteins for good mood would be ones that contain the amino acid tryptophan and also tyrosine. Um, these make our serotonin and our dopamine, and these are found in so many different foods. So tofu, even cheddar cheese, nuts and seeds, salmon, egg yolks in particular, and uh, even poultry like turkey. Mm. So for those who may be familiar with Thanksgiving, celebrated mm. in the U.S. and Canada, those sleepy, you know, after Thanksgiving mm. meals, that's normally the serotonin and a bit of melatonin being created from that uh, tryptophan that's found inside those amino acid-rich foods. Um, and it's even said that pairing these proteins with carbohydrate source can cause the body to release more insulin, which is going to promote more amino acid absorption, leaves it in your blood. So a snack or a meal that has carbs and protein is going to make you feel the best. Mm. So this could be breakfast like sourdough toast or gluten-free toast with some eggs on there. Uh, this could be a beautiful salad made with chickpeas as well as maybe a tahini-based dressing. Mm. Maybe at dinner having sweet potato and a lean piece of steak you know, pretty easily done within our diets, which is really important um, and very important for women. We tend to not get as much protein, especially earlier in the day. So see about adding some protein to start your day. Maybe it is those eggs, maybe it's some yogurt, pro mm. healthy protein shake. That's gonna balance out your serotonin and feel good hormones all day. Throughout the day, yeah. Mm -hmm. And at this point, would it be pertinent to bring up what's quite um, popular right now, which is the 16, eight um, mm. intermittent fasting plan? I mean, how mm -hmm. do you view that? Yeah, um, intermittent fasting, so where we're not eating for 16 hours, eating for eight hours has benefits for certain people. Um, I would say those that have stable blood sugar levels, don't have diabetes, you know, don't have any severe calorie you know, needs can benefit from it because what actually has been shown scientifically is slow down the degeneration of our DNA cells. Mm -hmm. So it can actually slow uh, the, I guess, uh, degradation of feel-good hormones and our DNA keeping us happy for longer, actually keeping us younger for longer for some of it. And it also has been shown practically that we're looking for quality of food rather than quantity when we are limiting the hours that we're eating. So we're more likely to get our proteins, get our healthy fats, get our fibers in there. Mm. Um, and for some people, uh, it's shown to help with fat loss. It's helped to shown with cell renewal by autophagy, breaking down old cells, metabolizing them and building new ones. Um, so good for those who maybe have injuries or scar tissue in their system. Mm. So yeah, I think there's a lot of benefits mm. if, if it can safely be done. Okay, mm. so when it comes to mood and food, um, do you mm. suggest that some people who are going through a depressive episode or you know, have low mood, do you think it would be sort of um, counterintuitive to do that at that time or? Hard to know, isn't it? I guess yeah. each case is on its own merits. Yeah, it really just depends. I think for most people it would be fine. I'd say maybe the populations that it's a bit unsafe for would be maybe those who are pregnant, breastfeeding, or do have diabetes um, because it might require, of course, more fuel throughout the day. Um, but for those that maybe struggle to get quality nutrition in or find they just kind of eat a bit mindlessly and that might be contributing to depressive factors, having those guidelines of eating with eight, eight hours can give the structure, mm. the freedom Good within point. structure yeah. mm. that I think they could need psychologically and habit-wise. Mm. Yes. So I think there's benefits. Yeah. Quality rather than quantity. Yeah, that's definitely. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Thanks. No worries. Um, and also, you know, touching just quickly on, on the fats and the proteins too, they do have a lot of anti-inflammatory effects, both of those. Um, you know, they're containing foods with high B vitamins, they're containing foods that uh, can help the body detoxify in many ways. And a lot of studies show those who may 
have depression have inflammation in the brain. Mm. So this correlation can be very beneficial as well to reduce that, not just on a nutrition standpoint, but a very practical one within mm. the body too. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Well, then the third thing that's really important here is fiber. So fiber is really important because it is the main food source of our gut bacteria. And our gut bacteria are those trillions of little guys that are breaking down our proteins to create these neurotransmitters. And they all have different diets. So getting a variety and a variety of fibrous foods is really key. One thing as a nutritionist we try to promote, um, which may sound daunting, but I'll break it down really easily, is aiming to have 30 different plant foods within a week. Mm. 30 different plant foods could mean a variety of nuts and seeds, you know, your your legumes, your beans, your edamame, uh, as well as your fruits, your vegetables, uh, your coconuts, all these guys are going to give you different foods for different gut bacteria. So they are balanced and they're producing a variety of feel-good hormones. Mm. Studies do show people adding in more plant foods have reduced the instances of depression, inflammation in the body, in the brain, and it's pretty easy to get in as well. I would say, you know, if you're just starting, try to add maybe five more in your week Mm. and eventually leading up to maybe a variety of 30. And this could be an example I gave y'all earlier today before we recorded was making a curry. Let's say you make a curry with sweet potato and bok choy and baby corn and maybe you got some tofu and edamame in there and some cabbage and bean sprouts. Maybe there's some coconut milk inside there and you're topping it with some toasted cashews. You're already getting way above that five different plant foods in one meal that maybe you're having a couple times a week. Maybe you're rotating throughout your diet, your kids diet, apples one morning, bananas the next. Mm. Maybe adding different leafy greens into a salad or a sandwich or a wrap Mm. that you're having. It's pretty easy, Amazing, yeah. yeah, when when you don't think about it too hard. Yeah. And starting with even just a couple a week, maybe going for the Brussels sprouts if you haven't had them in a while, or the cauliflower instead of the broccoli or broccolini, mm. is one easy way to feed all those gut bacteria to ensure you're producing a nice amount of happy chemicals in your system. It's so true though, isn't it? Like we all have our favorite vegetables or our mm. go-to veggies or plant-based foods. Mm-hmm. Um, that we would have, you know, as you just said, you know, an apple for the kids one morning, a banana the next, and we would just we just get into this routine with our favourites or what's convenient for our households, um, and it's so easy to just go to the supermarket and go right. Well, this week we'll go to the the grocers and go this week I'm gonna you know pull a few different things off the shelf for the benefit that it can give our gut, right? Like it makes such a difference when we can get a variety in. I think when you get the reason why it mm. makes more sense. So each. Um, micro um, bacteria mm-hmm. needs a different diet yeah. yeah so when you put it like that it makes a lot more sense so it helps mm-hmm. them the host you know the person yeah. and feed, um, feed the that bacteria exactly. a variety yeah. yeah you know so i think i like the way you explain why we need mm-hmm. it and therefore we we have a, a good framework it's easier to act on choices yeah, yeah. exactly because mm-hmm. we don't i'm sure you know some young people who cook one meal on a sunday night and eat it and eat times. it you know <laughs> yeah. because they're flatting or something yeah, yeah. that's such mm-hmm. a great point you have there like there's huge amounts of depression in athletes especially mm-hmm. bodybuilders ah. and it's not just maybe the expectations they're putting themselves to achieve a certain physique but a lot of it we're, we're finding is breaking down to them eating the same foods every day mm-hmm. I had a client who was eating oats and protein powder mm-hmm. a meat patty and broccoli and then chicken and broccoli and a bit of sweet potato every night yeah and they weren't going to the toilet very well so they're not detoxifying from maybe old food that's leaking mm. out toxins in their body um, but they're also having an imbalance of gut bacteria maybe too much of one thing and not another so maybe they had high serotonin but not high dopamine maybe mm-hmm. high melatonin so they're sleepy but then uh really suppress cortisol as well so they're not having that oomph so 
it is very important to have that variety. Yeah. So many reasons, but really mm. at the end of the day, to feed those gut bacteria. Yeah. Cool. And also, that. you know, the triad of health comes in here, the triad being um, structural, mm. um, biochemical, which is what you're talking mm. about, and mm. psychological, mental, emotional. So people who are quite rigid, you know, mm. psychologically, mm. probably make more rigid choices, don't yes. they? And yes. then we yes. see them in here, they're, they're rather rigid as well, aren't yes. they? So yeah. it's, um, it's that whole triad of mm. just messing things, things up a little bit and, um, mm -hmm. you know, just getting some variety. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Absolutely. Cool. And yeah, I mean, it's the fats that's going to be the foundation, mm. the protein that is actually going to be the physical component to make these happy hormones, and then uh, the fiber, which is going to feed the mechanisms in our body, these mm. living creatures, to put it all into practice and break down these proteins to feed our nourished fatty brain yeah. all together. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I can definitely touch on, if you like, just some of the phytochemicals and micronutrients that, you know, yeah. come into play here. Mm -hmm. You know, if we're making sure we get a variety of all three of these things, the fats, the proteins, and the fiber, um, it also ensures that we're getting essential brain-boosting foods. Uh, so antioxidants like flavonoids, vitamin E, that we find in colorful berries, that we're finding in um, leafy greens, these are essential to improve performance and memory and also protect our cells. So we have young, healthy brains that have a lot of plasticity and making mm. connections through throughout life, um, even polyphenol rich foods found in cocoa, green tea, olive oil, and even coffee and red wine, <laughs> which is exciting. Their plant chemicals are digested by our gut bacteria in combination with fiber that improve cognition and actually cognition in the elderly, especially. Mm. So healthy brains, no matter what age you're in. Um, and vitamin C, you know, one of these antioxidants is also shown to possibly reduce anxiety at the same time. So having a variety in those fruits and veggies, plant mm -hmm. foods, is really key to get all these antioxidants, flavonoids, vitamins that our body really needs to not just survive but to thrive yeah. and what makes us human, which makes our brain so big and developed. Um, even nitrates, nitrates which are found in purple vegetables. Purple vegetables are shown to be amazing for cognition. They help transport oxygen to our brain and body, help with iron synthesis, and are said to reduce blood pressure. So reducing stress, anxiety on the body, and even help our physical performance get us out and moving more, which mm. as we know does help with mood and overall health and well-being. Um, and even uh, anti-inflammatory compounds like curcumin found in turmeric released by black pepper. This is amazing and actually has been shown to um, reduce instances of Alzheimer's disease, cognitive de decay, and also help with um, brain degeneration in studies in rats and also humans coming up here. So um, pretty amazing. And then of course our, our vitamin Bs and our vitamin Ds, we know these are amazing study-wise and even just practicality-wise reducing instances of depression recent study took about 7,000 people and gave them supplements of B vitamins in the morning and vitamin D, or at least vitamin D rich foods, and 50% of them, 50% saw reductions in stress, anxiety, and depression symptoms, wow. mm. which is amazing and easy to do when you're getting this varied diet. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And why aren't you consulting at Northern Beaches Hospital, you know, <laughs> because it's on yeah. the food, sorry, oh, um, I know. Uh, take that out if it's sort of like a bit inflammatory, <laughs> but you no. know, um, it always amuses me when I visit my friends in the hospital mm. who have just had a procedure, how they're brought white white bread, yeah. processed, yeah. Yeah. just white beige food. 
Like yeah, and I'm thinking, yeah. do you want to make them sicker? Uh, yeah. The answer is yes, probably. Um, but yeah, that is just poisonous, isn't it? Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. It, it falls into those foods that then don't help our cognition, you know, in, pro- in pro- like particular processed white grains, refined sugars, mm. processed fats, trans fats. These are all shown to cause inflammation in the brain and have huge instances of depression, anxiety, stress, and cognitive decline so in folks. Wrong. Mm. And um, that's one reason I don't work as a practicing dietitian anymore. I did in the United States but I never really wanted to because I was worried that like because the government regulation things I didn't agree with but it was a stepping stone to get me to be able to practice and help people and think outside the box and do independent research um, but I have my personal <laughs> personal uh, opinions on certain dietitians and certain practices which maybe tick 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 but don't consider the whole health and well-being of yeah. the individual and that's it and you know that was the basis of this podcast was it for it to be as Lily mentioned before about the yeah. triad of health and, and looking at a person mm. very holistically yes um, and I think you've just hit that on nail on the head you know mm. in this episode it's when we can get that variety into our diet mm-hmm. the benefits and you know the reasons why we need to do that for the health of our own body are just there's thousands of them right the list we mm-hmm. could be, talk all day about you know yes. the benefit of good food or good nutrition on the cells of our body mm-hmm. and there's what so many words you know, from from my culture so i'm chinese from malaysia and there's mm-hmm. some words i can't find the exact meaning for in the english language yeah. but really it has to do with um, um loosening up the way we we live and the way we function mm. and the way we eat mm-hmm. because variety you know it's a spice of life isn't it yeah so i don't know people here are well, not here, but I mean, some cultures are quite, you know, rigid. I will say once again yeah. about what what's so called good in mm. commerce and, and bad. Mm-hmm. But I will be rigid and say I think feeding people white bread in hospitals covered <laughs> is bad. Yeah, very much so. And I struggled with a lot of imposter syndrome when I got into my own practice because I was like, oh, I'm, you know, I'm not practicing as a dietitian anymore. Are people not going to take me seriously? But actually had a lot of comfort and found that I gained a lot of trust and actually had huge impact on my clients because I wasn't following a rigid government-installed plan. I yeah. was able to see people holistically, and that just got rid of that imposter syndrome yeah. in five seconds yeah. and allowed me to nurture my clients and see success with their health and well-being like tenfold. It was amazing. Well, and the thing is, let's say it's evidence-based, but evidence takes about 50 years to find Mm-hmm. hit the mainstream so you know once upon a time the gut brain access was being discussed yeah but back in you know the 1970s it was like oh it's very hoo-hoo you know it's very yeah. um you know unscientific but now yeah. if you don't acknowledge it you know then you're an idiot yes so yeah. you know so i mean good on you for starting and yeah. um, getting us off on the right mm. track because you've got some great points here on um mm. supplements and yeah and also oh regarding junk food do you want to um talk about that yeah absolutely <laughs> well to <laughs> too much junk since yeah since we were talking about uh junk food and white bread in hospitals mm. already um junk food or processed food anything from white breads to pastry items to crisps even all which i've seen fed to people in a hospital and jellos and mm. ice creams um they've shown a decline in cognitive performance and actually reduced levels of brain plasticity so this is really important for for anyone who's learning or our children especially is that high levels of junk food shows that we're actually not able to learn not able to Mm. function not able to retain and have that muscle memory Mm. and I've seen it firsthand you know I've had nine-year-olds come in who go from a high sugar junk food diet 
we just switch to getting in some naturally sweet foods, some fruits and in, uh, you know, maybe some, some healthy protein smoothies for mm-hmm. them. And the amount of focus they have at school, the amount of performance in their sports, the amount of stable, happy mood and mm-hmm. energy. And just you can tell clarity and peace within themselves is incredible. Mm-hmm. You see it firsthand every day. And studies do show that, you know, our diet affects our neurons. And we have a high ne- neurological burden when we have high levels of junk food, which is very similar to having a brain injury, mm-hmm. like a physical trauma. Junk food causes physical trauma and high levels of junk food intake after even three weeks changes our complete brain chemistry mm. and how we process emotions, how we learn, wow. how we grow. And that can affect us long term with, with changes in our DNA. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking to the convergent. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's really interesting because over the past hundred years, intakes of processed foods, especially like processed fats, Um, have increased in Western countries and we're the countries that are highest in depression. We're the countries that have the most mood disorders, Mm. the highest levels of learning disorders and focus disorders, anything from ADHD to depression and even um, being on the autism spectrum. While countries that have always had diets and still have diets that are very high in healthy fats and natural foods, Mediterranean diets, Japanese, traditional Chinese cultures, um, even traditional uh, more nomadic cultures like the ancient Tasmanians and Native Americans, they haven't seen anything anything like depression, anything like mood disorders, ADHD, uh, until they started adopting a Western diet. Mm. So there's so much on the um, supermarket shelves that says low fat. Mm. Low fat means high, high sugar. sugar. Well, yeah. this is the other thing, and that's kind of what came to mind when I was listening to you speak, Charity. Is yeah. um, you, you were mentioning, you know, kids going to school having a breakfast that's probably not very Up good for your brain health, but yeah. it's like you know they might be having cereal from a box that yeah. a mother or a father or a parent or caregiver has picked because it looks healthy and it's marketed in a yeah. way that seems appealing mm-hmm. um, and that's such an issue in yeah our western diet mm-hmm. is that we think we're picking foods that are good for us yeah. but in turn they're they might be low fat but they're incredibly high in sugar or vice mm-hmm. versa or whatever we're looking at mm-hmm. um, and that's a bit of a scary thought too you know because our parents or our or ourselves and our caregivers are trying to do the best we can mm-hmm. but that's why i think this episode's important because it's the knowledge right when we have the knowledge yeah. and know what to look for choices are easy um, but the whole market and coming from food. someone else is good coming from you is good I mean yeah. if I was to go home I mean not that my kids are small anymore but if I was to go home and say no Nutri-Brain is junk food they would just raise their eyes and go no there's an Iron Man in front of the, on the, yeah. on the package you're boring in all the ads <laughs> that's exactly right uh, whereas if uh-huh. sorry to put down all the brands <laughs> yeah. but the thing is um, that's why they need to hear it from someone who has done the research and, yeah. and dive deep in, mm. so that they can go oh well mm. you know the experts said that and hopefully yeah. And give them a plan to go forward too, right? Options to go Mm. forward, yeah. Absolutely. Mm. And, and, you know, just a a way to kind of give you a bit of peace, because it can evoke a bit of anger when we we learn these things, Mm. is that, you know, these brands, big-name brands, marketing, they don't have your best intentions in mind. They have your dollar in mind. So they're going to make it look as appealing and sound as appealing as possible. Mm. But knowledge of this gives you power above it. So that maybe your kids love Nutri-Grain, maybe you love Nutri-Grain, that's okay. How about we just top some natural yogurt and some berries and some nuts with a bit of Nutri-Grain ah, and find a nice, nice balance. Nice mm. See how you feel with that. Even I hate, even I can do that because I love my crunchy cereals on occasion, but I know not all the time it's not going to make me feel very good. Yeah, I love that. Done. I love that. <laughs> yeah, that's very good. good. 
Um, I love all your um, supplements. Mm. They just sound so yummy. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> so you want me to dive into some supplements for mood? Yeah, let's do that. Yeah, yeah beautiful. So we talked about the main food foundation, some practical ways to get this in. But um, there are certain populations that can benefit from supplementing and having some extras, whether it's extra food that contain these nutrients or some supplements as well. Um, Bef- uh, on this list, I put another section, but vitamin D is one such mm. thing that is huge, 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 and we're finding um, makes a huge impact. Like I said in the study, seven thousand people, fifty percent saw improvements of mood just by having um, a vitamin D supplement or vitamin D rich foods in mm. their diet. Um, so that was actually absolutely huge. Um, but other ways you can get your vitamin D, of course, is going to be coming from milk products, fortified, uh, you know, vegetarian dairy, you know, as you could say, like your soy or your almond milk. Um, coming from whole foods, whole grains, even like shellfish and meat products, you know, very, very high in this. So it's good to get that variety, but even getting it in supplemental form has been really key. Um, and then B vitamins. I take mm. a B vitamin every morning. Our foods are not, are not as nutriently dense as they used to be. And I find that I need a little more B to regulate my mood and my energy. Um, they also help our body, along with proteins, make those neurotransmitters. So supplementation, particularly vitamin B6, vitamin B12, folate, has had positive effects on memory and performance, um, particularly in women. And B12 improves cognition impairment um, in rats, um, as well as humans. You know, we do know that. So taking a B vitamin, like a nice, uh, I guess you could say like a B spectrum, Mm. is really, really awesome. Um, Magnesium is huge. I really want to touch on magnesium. I think magnesium is one of the things people are most deficient in. Um, And you can get magnesium from oats, brown rice, raw cacao is actually a great form. So your chocolate, (laughs) which is lovely. Banana, greens, broccoli, nuts. And even swimming in the ocean is a huge one. A good way to get magnesium. Bath salts as well if you don't have an ocean nearby. Um, And magnesium relaxes our muscles. It also creates serotonin, melatonin. It reduces cortisol and makes GABA, which is another neurotransmitter. They're all relaxing, help us switch on, but also switch Mm -hmm. off when we need to. Yeah, Um, just on that magnesium, I have had a lot of success with magnesium. mm -hmm. I work with a lot of um, like hormonal imbalances and and women coming in with troubles with their cycle. And often when I can break it down and unpack it and realize there's not necessarily something crazy serious going on Mm. so a lot of the dysregulation that I'm seeing in both my little kitties with mood and in my women with hormonal concerns is a lack of magnesium yeah um and you can pop them into either a magnesium supplement or yeah help them get it into their diets a bit better Mm. and all of a sudden all of these regulatory processes in their body just start to function so much better um, so I'm a big advocate for magnesium. Mm, totally. amazing. Yeah. I would say, yeah, if any supplement on here, if you were to supplement it outside of diet, I think magnesium is, mm. is quite incredible for most people. Yeah. Just well, something to this try. This happened to me again this time. I mean, last time when I spoke to you, Charity, mm-hmm. I just wanted to send everybody I knew to you. And I think yeah. it's happening again. Um, especially the population that um, I'm seeing a lot of at the moment, which is um, the HSC student. Mm. Yes. Because um, school has gone back and they've actually missed two years of school. And now this is the HSC year. Yeah. And um, a few years when my kids were at school still we had a program in our practice called um, Black Belt Your HSC Mm. so we had a a bunch of nutritionists psychologists us you know and the kids that cohort of children who we saw for several years Black Belt at the HSC so we're not talking about results only we're talking about anxiety levels depression just coping and coming up the other end Mm. and actually having it's just a yeah yeah lovely together yeah Yeah. Mm. so i think i've got a few patients Mm. i'm going to emr to come and see you yeah there's lots of them actually in the practice yeah Yeah. i mean you know that they're a typical cohort of kids who are 
going to need some nutritional support, yeah. you know, yeah. plus oh, everything, absolutely. plus the, the whole triad, basically. Mm. Mm. Absolutely. And I've seen a lot of that, like, right. high school students getting into it where their, gut, their guts are just thrown off for the first time mm. because of the trauma that was yeah. the last couple of years, the mm. isolation, the lack That's of social right. support. So a lot of kids I've been working with very particularly working on their healthy guts, building mm-hmm. up a healthy gut, supporting their gut bacteria, getting in nutrients that are going to support those neurotransmitters. Mm-hmm. So I'm here for and it's it's doing amazing things where they all oh, the jabs they've had, you know, mm-hmm. they just need, you know, healing from that inflammation too, you know. I mean, they yeah. had to have it, but then, you know, comes the, the repair work afterwards. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. And it's amazing, like, mm-hmm. they went from not being able to really f- focus in school and, and even hang out with their friends or even enjoy an occasional burger because they were just so out of whack to mm-hmm. being able to exercise again, having a laugh, having their personality back, mm-hmm. being able to indulge in the foods they used to like yeah. on occasion. Yeah. Just in a matter, I would say, probably six weeks is when mm-hmm. you can start to see a huge amount of change sometimes sooner that's awesome Mm -hmm. Um, awesome I guess some other alternative supplements if you want me to touch on too I think fish oil is a given when we talked about that for healthy brains throughout all of life Um, but also uh, terpenes terpenes are the pretty much responsible for the flavors and smells found in plants so anything Mm. from your lavender to your passion flower to hemp um, and CBD products and um, the endocannabinoid system is a system in our body widely distributed um, including the brain and modulating emotions very similar to an endocrine system which modulates our our hormones Um, and it's involved in mood and related disorders and is greatly affected by terpenes Um, in particular I'm finding terpenes found in hemp plants so your CBD oils which many of which can be found over the counter we have them in store safely for our clients and customers at freshwater nutrition Um, but these are just creating overall balance reducing inflammation and what we're noticing is helping the body actually absorb those feel-good hormones in the Mm. brain a little bit better it opens up those passageways so to give you an example I mean lavender which is calming that has scientific merit as a terpene Mm. which is helping cause balance and relaxation and mood in the body passion flower is another one and now of course cbd and, and hemp terpenes too that we're finding so um definitely something i work with people every day and if you're curious about happy to talk to you as an individual mm. um, i've even had people with their pets finding amazing changes in mood anxiety stress and energy for their animals mm. <laughs> as well as themselves and their kids so that's a pretty cool one that we're just on the cusp of science about and are noticing great changes um Another one is ashwagandha, traditional Indian medicine used in Chinese medicine as well. You can find this anywhere from droplets to powders to gummies even of Mm. ashwagandha. Um, And this actually reduces cortisol, so stress in our body, so we can function properly, think clearly, and feel better too. Mm. So that's quite a safe one um, for most people to have. Um, And then medicinal mushrooms, this is a big one that people are really on about. And studies are showing that medicinal mushrooms may reduce neuroinflammation and the development of um, plaque that derives Alzheimer's and dementia, as well as fatigue, depression, anxiety, and mood changes. And um, each have its own purpose with these mushrooms. Now, these are widely known in traditional Chinese medicine. Us in the Western world are just really catching on um, and putting you know more studies onto it and understand why. But the three I would recommend would be chaga, lion's mane, and reishi. Um, chaga is a powerful antioxidant brain protector. Um, this one has shown that has support for immune system function, skin nourishing, protecting our brain, supporting our gut protecting ourselves with antioxidants and actually energizing. So chaga is one, kind of the anti-aging for brain and body mushroom. 
Lion's mane is a common one for those really mm. intense jobs with focus. I've had some H, uh, HAC students take on this as well. Um, lion's mane mushroom is a powerful medicinal mushroom um, that is known to reduce stress, calm the mind, elevate mood, support brain health, improve memory, focus, and concentration. It actually increases brain plasticity to create new memories and to hold onto things that we are learning and studying. So this one is for overall brain power to be that lion, that Leo, that powerful. Um, and then reishi. Reishi has a similar but, I guess, uh, opposite effect in some ways. It's calming and good for deep sleep. And the ability of reishi mushroom to support our adrenals, preserve healthy release of cortisol, helps actually decrease cortisol resistance. So to help us prevent burnout, mm. essentially. Um, and reduces chronically overactive and worked nervous system. So reishi is relaxation. Our reishi relaxation. Really good for those that are into mindfulness practice, trying to work on meditation, yoga, maybe mm. have an overburnt out system. Um, reishi is amazing. And all three can be used safely too. And I can definitely help you find different dosages to help you find that balance within mm. your body. A lot of it's trial and error to see how your body might respond to these items too. And are these, um, so let's say chaga mm -hmm. for instance, um, mm -hmm. not before bedtime then because it looks like it's actually quite energizing mm -hmm. or energizing or Yeah, really I would say chaga and lion's mane are better earlier in the day. Mm. Um, chaga is not so much of a stimulant effect, but it is going to have better effect throughout the entire day just for the cognitive and antioxidant boosting. Um, I think as you're eating foods throughout the day and, and working on your brain processing, it's, it's going to be more effective during the daytime. Lion's mane can have a bit of a stimulating effect for some people, not quite like caffeine, mm. but it can give you a natural buzz between our brain's connection and our brain-gut connection, which can keep people awake. So I put a little bit in my morning coffee yeah. um, with chaga is a great way to do it, or make it into some healthy power balls, put in a smoothie, put in a protein shake is a great way. Some people put it in their tea. Um, and then reishi can be had throughout the day. You know, if you're a highly strung person um, or need help with focus, reishi in the morning and reishi in the evening has a lot of benefits. Mm -hmm. So that's a really good question. Mm -hmm. um, but everyone is different, so yeah. you can definitely trial and error and see, see what suits that person. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i definitely come and see you because yeah. Yeah. this is the whole thing. You know, you can listen to it on a podcast or read it in a magazine, mm -hmm. but you really need to have a concierge. Yeah. yeah. Oh, definitely. Mm -hmm. You know, some people might be amazing and have a great brain foundation, but might be struggling to get protein throughout their day or maybe they have all these nutrients beautifully you know, established in their daily routine, they're getting so much variety, but they obviously are lacking something and need a boost. Mm. That's where these mushrooms might come in as a supplementation to really yep. amplify and help them find balance. Mm. And that's the other thing too, with an individual consult with you, Charity, is that, mm. um, you know, we, we're not just telling the listeners of this episode to go out and get on every single one of these supplements yes. that we've just said either, mm. uh, because that can not necessarily cause a host of problems, but, yeah. you know, can lead to just an imbalance system as what they started with. Mm -hmm. So I think it's really important for our listeners and anyone to understand that all of this stuff has a, a time and place and is really yeah. beneficial, um, but it's great to be able to individualize that dose-wise and mm -hmm. supplement-wise or and food-wise. Mm -hmm. um, so definitely, yeah, going under the guidance of, yeah. of someone who knows what they're doing. I love yeah. some of your testimonials here because mm -hmm. um, as mm -hmm. often I say to my patients, um, the only cells you have control over are your own cells. Mm -hmm. You know, you can't really change other people's cells. Mm -hmm. and 
you've got a couple of beautiful testimonials, testimonials here, people who've changed their own lives through your yeah. protocol, so that's beautiful. Mm. I mean, this one in particular. Yeah, I can talk about um, beautiful Jenny. Jenny was one of my first clients when I got into my own practice, who was 56 years old and, you know, had a pretty laborious job, had lots of lots of kids and grandkids that she wanted to be there for, but really struggled with depression, low energy, and just kind of felt like she was floating through life. And with her, we worked on swapping out processed foods, foods that are lacking a lot of nutrients and a lot of white breads, a lot of mashed potatoes and nothing else in it, to giving her variety, giving her whole foods and vegetables, understanding how to pair foods and giving her some natural supplements from, you know, hemp terpenes to uh, even trialing certain mushrooms. And in a matter of six months, she, you know, weight loss wise, she lost over 25 centimeters, over seven kilos naturally. This was even without, you know, purposeful exercise or counting calories. It was just by adding healthy foods in. But she was actually off of one of her depression medication and was talking to her doctor who was very excited and said soon she'd be able to be off two other uh, pills as well for anxiety and depression. And I can successfully say after I think it's been three years now, she's off all her medication Mm -hmm. and she's still continuing to maintain her weight. She has healthy life and she's doing dance classes. She's running, she's jumping, she's bounding. One of the coolest things she told me is that I skipped to work today. (laughs) (laughs) I walked to work, but today I skipped to work because I just felt so good. Mm -hmm. And she's able to be engaged in that person she always dreamed of because Mm -hmm. she, she had faith and took on the advice and just welcomed a variety of healthy, natural things into her lifestyle that she can never look back. You know, once you start to feel good, it's hard to ever go back to the way you were. Yeah. Mm. I love that. Well, Charity, this has been a wonderful episode and there's just so much in that that I know our wonderful listeners are going to get from it. So finish us off with um, your three big takeaways, your three little things. Yeah. So our three little things here that you can take away is to... Uh, I guess in summary, get a good variety. So first of healthy fats in your diet, uh, getting protein with every meal, and aiming to get fiber, 30 different plant foods a week, you know, starting with maybe a couple to integrate in your diet. And this should cover all those bases and more mm. to give your body what it needs for a good mood, healthy gut, healthy brain, and, and overall health and wellness. Beautiful. Awesome. I love that. And you have a wonderful practice down at Freshwater, Freshwater Nutrition. Where can our listeners also find you if they want to look you up? Yeah, feel free to visit us at freshwaternutrition.com or even on Instagram at freshwaternutrition. We have lots of resources, recipes, and even ways to connect with me um, one-on-one or as a unit or as a family. So I'd love for you to reach out, give us a follow, and if you need any individualized support, have any questions, always here to answer it for you. Awesome. Thank you. A quick disclaimer, these episodes are not intended to replace help, treatment or advice from your healthcare professionals. The information in today's podcast is purely for educational purposes and is not designed to diagnose or treat any conditions. This is just a friendly reminder that we do not know you or your child or those around you and therefore do not know your specific needs. Please seek guidance from your healthcare professionals surrounding your concerns.